Welcome to the Global Council podcast, where we share our latest insights on recent developments in politics and policy in the UK, Europe and internationally. Uh, Hello everyone, Um, welcome to this Global Council podcast. My name is Tom White, I'm responsible for Global Council's EU advisory work in Brussels uh, and in the EU member states. I'm joined today by our Chief Economist, Gregor Irwin, who has been doing some very interesting research and writing about recent developments in competition policy. Um, And that's the subject of our conversation today over the next uh, 10 to 15 minutes. Um, Gregor, I know that when I used to work on competition policy in government, we often thought of it as a um, bit of a silver bullet that could um, boost productivity, protect consumers drive innovation. Um, But I've also seen over the last few years, it seems to have become relevant to discussions about tax, about labour markets, a a huge number of different issues. Um, And I thought your blog was very interesting because you're looking at some economic evidence about competition itself actually perhaps being less effective than it was in the past. Could you start by explaining to us why you think that and what, what drove you to that conclusion? Thanks, Tom. Um, Well, look, I think the first thing to say is that this is a debate that's been developing in the academic literature uh, for some time. Um, It's been been most um, uh, notable in the US. Um, There's a strong growing body of evidence there that markets are becoming more concentrated. Uh, I think that's now the consensus view in the US. We've also seen um, evidence from other countries as well. But what caught my eye um, earlier this month uh, was a piece of analysis published by the IMF, which looks at um, uh, what's happening uh, uh, to corporate market power, not just in one country in isolation, but across 27 different countries, most of them advanced economies, but also some emerging economies in Central and Eastern Europe in particular. And uh, I think that really sort of takes the the analysis to a new level because what what IMF found is that we have seen a steady and broad-based increase in the markups that the average firm can charge over marginal cost. Now, that's a pretty standard measure of corporate market power. They found a 6% increase over five years, uh, 15 years. Might not sound like a whole lot, um, but actually it's 8% in advanced economies. And the really interesting thing, I think, is that when you look at just the top tier of countries by markup over marginal cost, the increase has been 34%. So we've seen quite a um, marked increase for some firms. If you combine that with evidence that there's also been uh, an increase in profits and also in market concentration, not just in the US, but in other countries as well, then that adds up to a reasonably compelling picture that yes, there is something going on here and corporate market power has been increasing. So, so that then raises some of the policy questions that you yourself have alluded to already. And I realise that this evidence has looked across the economy, but one of the sectors that has driven a lot of the increased attention on competition policy has been the growth of large technology firms, uh, particularly those from the United States, whether they're described in Brussels as platforms or gatekeepers to the internet Um, and there's been a discussion around whether some of those companies should face um, stricter rules, whether they should even be broken up and we've heard this echoed um, including in the larger market of the United States 
um, from presidential candidates such as Elizabeth Warren. Uh, do you think that um, the evidence that you've been describing here increases the likelihood of action in this area? Um, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean clearly um, the growth of tech companies and concerns about their impact on competition, uh, the, 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 the ideas promoted by, by the likes of Elizabeth Warren, they, they, they've given much more um, visibility and, and profile to uh, questions around competition policy. Um, but but I, I, I would say that what, what the, the economic evidence is pointing to is something that is much broader uh, than that, uh, and something also which is likely to be more enduring as well. And, and it's partly actually because um, it's not just a question of corporate market power, it's also a question of what its macroeconomic consequences are. So, um, for example, the, the IMF analysis that I've already referred to, what the IMF um, also argues and what they find evidence for is that increasing um, ability of um, uh, the most innovative companies to charge uh, a higher markup over marginal cost, uh, evidence of, of corporate market power, that that's actually also linked to uh, lower investment rates across the economy as a whole. Um, as a consequence of that, it's also linked um, potentially to slower productivity growth, one of the big macroeconomic challenges um, of our day, certainly for um, economies in, in Europe. And, and also, intriguingly, it can be linked to uh, the falling labour share of um, income, uh, which uh, in turn is linked to rising inequality. So you've got, you've got a, a whole set of, if you like, hot-button political issues there, lower investment, slower productivity growth, rising inequality that can be linked to uh, growing corporate market power, concerns about competitive outcomes in markets. And, and that's why it's, it's not just a question of what the tech companies are doing. There's something potentially much bigger that's, that's going on here that's impacting at a macro uh, level. And where I, I think with, with you know, the proposals from Elizabeth Warren uh, and others, we've seen other eye-catching um, proposals to reform competition policy in, in, in Europe, the German economy minister um, uh, being somebody who, who, who has made such proposals already. But, but I, I would say we're likely to see the political impetus behind looking at questions to do with competition policy growing and broadening out from a narrow focus on tech companies. And I think you probably put your finger on very well why it's going to be such a political issue in the future. We know it's something that um, the next European Commission is going to look at very closely. And you highlighted the fact that there will be winners and losers from um, any changes in the level of competition across the economy and, of course, from any policy response. So that, that does, of course, bring us into the realm of politics when it comes to thinking about who should be um, uh, supported or penalised through any changes to the regime. We've seen um, the Commission uh, publish some research into the uh, competition in the digital age. We've seen a recent report from uh, the UK uh, under Jason Furman. Do you think that these um, attempts by uh, more political figures to look at these questions are um, sufficient, or do you think that um, uh, we should be expecting more ambitious reviews and assessments of these kinds of options in the future? 
Well, I mean, I, I, I would describe both of those pieces of analysis that you, you've described as, as, as um, technocratic um, rather than political, but the impetus for them is clearly political. Uh, in the case of the UK, uh, if I remember correctly, it was, it was the Chancellor and the Business Secretary together who, who commissioned that particular uh, piece of work. But the actual work itself is technocratic. Um, but both of those pieces of work are, you know, they, they provide a pretty good um, assessment of the state of competition in um, uh, fast-growing tech sectors, digital competition, if you like, issues around uh, data, access to data, um, uh, uh, and, and, and the, um, uh, the sort of gatekeeper role that, that big platforms can play uh, in providing, um, uh, uh, allowing new entrants into markets. Um, however, I, 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 you know, when, when you look carefully at these reports, I think it's fair to, to say that they're both quite tentative in their policy prescriptions. The Furman report in particular uh, calls for a code of conduct, for a new market study, for the setting up of a new unit and so on. The, the, these are important steps, but actually what the they probably do more than anything is reflect the caution of policymakers just now uh, about exactly what is required in order to ensure that modern competition policy is fit to meet uh, the changing uh, challenges that we're seeing, uh, particularly in the most uh, dynamic uh, market. So I would say that they both represent a step along a process, um, but the political pressure and the economic evidence is such um, that that process is likely to continue. This is part of the story. It's not the end of the story. Uh, and actually, um, what, what, what I think we should expect to see is more pressure building for more fundamental uh, reforms uh, to competition policy. But of course, policymakers will want to see clearer evidence, harder evidence, uh, before um, they, 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 they propose making more significant changes to competition policy frameworks, if indeed that is what they conclude uh, is actually necessary. Mm. And I, I think most of our work at Global Council in the area of competition has related either to um, individual merger clearance processes or to some of the sector inquiries. And as, as a consequence of that, we've generally focused on um, more regulated sectors in uh, the telecoms, uh, financial services or, or technology areas. Do you think that this um, greater political attention means that there should be more businesses who should be um, looking at competition policy more closely and trying to future-proof their businesses? Well, I think one of the interesting things about the IMF study, that, that cross-country study covering uh, 27 different economies, is that, that they find, yet, yes, there is sort of evidence of a broad-based increase in corporate market power, but actually, um, if anything, it's more concentrated in non-manufacturing sectors. Um, uh, now, some of the sectors uh, you've already uh, referred to, such as financial services, obviously come under that category. They're highly regulated sectors. But, but I think that, that, that tells us something about um, where it is that pressures on competitive outcomes are likely to be greatest and where it is that the competition, if you like, the, the, the toolkit for competition authorities uh, may need to be um, developed uh, uh, further. So, um, you know, uh, I, I, think, I think it's quite hard to identify uh, a list of sectors at this stage that are more uh, vulnerable to 
um, uh, uh, additional scrutiny from uh, competition uh, authorities. But, but uh, uh, my guess is that is the starting point um, and uh, an increase in focus on non-manufacturing sectors, obviously highly regulated sectors, as, as you've suggested, uh, is a natural one. Um, well, thanks very much, Gregor. I'm conscious we've only really been able to scratch the surface of some of these big questions that are going to really shape politics and policy making over the next few years. Um, thank you very much for uh, joining me on this podcast and thanks to everyone for listening. Um, I would highlight that we have more of our evidence and analysis on our website around competition policy and other questions. You'll also be able to find my contact details and Gregor's contact details if there's anything you'd like to follow up on. For more insights, blogs and analysis, you can visit our website www.global-council.co.uk and subscribe to our mailing list. You can also follow us on Twitter at global underscore council.